Coming up on this episode of The Doctor's Pharmacy. I don't want women to just sit back and say, oh, my doctor checked my labs and said I'm just getting older. Like, don't settle for that. Don't be dismissed. There's so much misunderstanding about this. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Mark. So many of my patients wait until they're sick to finally take care of their health. I've even had doctors as patients, well, many actually, who just wait for their problems to get worse and worse and receive a diagnosis of disease before taking any kind of action. This is not the path to health. We can live longer, healthier, happier lives if we just prevent imbalances in our bodies in the first place. And nutrition is a key part of this. Many of us don't get the optimal amounts of key nutrients through diet alone, even with a whole foods diet. And then when you add in all the stressors we're up against, like work demands, toxins, lack of sleep, or even more likely to have a nutrient deficiency. So one of the things I use every day to optimize my intake of vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, pre and probiotics is AG1 from Athletic Greens. It's a comprehensive superfood powder with a special blend of high quality whole food ingredients that work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet. It's specifically designed to support energy and focus, aid with gut health and digestion, and support a healthy immune system, which we all need right now. I've made AG1 part of my daily ritual because I feel better knowing I have a little extra nutritional insurance to complement my healthy diet. It also gives me a nice energy boost without feeling overstimulated. I like to think of it as a huge leafy green salad shrunk down into a simple glass of water I could take anywhere. Right now, you can get 10 free travel packs of AG1 when you make your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Hyman. That's A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-G-R-E-E-N-S dot com slash Hyman. Food should be our first priority when it comes to optimizing our health and upping our nutrient intake. But there are certain nutrients I recommend everyone supplement with because it's pretty much impossible to get enough from diet alone. And magnesium is one of them. And that's why I'm all about magnesium breakthrough from bio-optimizers. Their formula stands out from the others because it contains seven different types of magnesium, which all have different functions in the body. Magnesium breakthrough is a great tool for supporting better sleep and less stress. Two things I know most people could use some help with, especially during this crazy time of year. I also love that all the BioOptimizers products are soy-free, gluten-free, lactose-free, non-GMO, free of chemicals and fillers, and made with natural ingredients. I'm more excited than usual to talk about Magnesium Breakthrough because for the entire month of November, BioOptimizers is having a Black Friday, Cyber Monday blowout sale. That means you can get up to 10% off every order and access over $200 in free gifts, including books and other great products. This is an exclusive deal just for my community, so make sure you use the link magbreakthrough.com forward slash Hyman. Use code Hyman10 to take advantage of it before November 30th. That's mag, M-A-G, breakthrough, B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H.com slash Hyman with the discount code Hyman10. And if you're nervous about trying something new, keep in mind that you can get a full refund for up to one year after your purchase, no questions asked. And now let's get back to this week's episode of The Doctor's Pharmacy. Welcome to the Doctor's Pharmacy. I'm Dr. Mark Hyman. That's Pharmacy with an F, F-A-R-M-A-C-Y, a place for conversations that matter. If you've ever struggled with your hormones, especially if you're a woman, you should listen up because we're having a conversation today about why our hormones go out of whack and how to get them back in balance with none other than my good friend and extraordinary physician, Dr. Sarah Godfrey, who's been an amazing functional medicine doctor for many decades now. She's a board-certified physician, graduated from Harvard and MIT, no slacker there. She's a 
practices evidence-based integrated precision and functional medicine. She's a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Integrative and Nutrition Medicine and Nutritional Sciences at Thomas Jefferson University and the director of precision medicine at the Marcus Institute of Integrative Health. And she's written three New York Times best-selling books, including The Hormone Cure, The Hormone Reset Diet, and Younger. And her new book, Women, Food, and Hormones is out and ready for you to consume because it will help you change your life and get your hormones back in balance. So Sarah, welcome to The Doctor's Pharmacy. Thank you so much, Mark. It's so great to be with you. Yeah. So listen, we've, we've been friends for a long time. We've talked about these issues a long time. But I, I think one of the things that struck me as a physician practicing at Kenya Ranch for almost a decade with women who were between 35 and 60 was the degree to which women suffer unnecessarily from hormonal issues or imbalances, everything from menstrual irregularities to heavy bleeding to PMS to PCOS to infertility to perimenopause to menopause and all the consequences of that. And it just doesn't seem like it's their inborn birthright. It just seems like it's something wrong. And yet most physicians do not understand how to address this. And yet you've really spent your life looking at this and how do we uh, sort of normalize the the problem instead of actually addressing it? Why, why we normalize it, it'd be okay for women to have all these hormonal dysfunction and not actually get to the root cause of it. So it's really not normal. Uh, like 75% of women have some type of PMS and 85% of women have some type of hormonal issues in their life. Why is this happening? What, what, why has it been so normalized? And what are the root causes of all this hormonal dysfunction? And what is it? Well, I would say the days of normalizing this need to be over because women are suffering unnecessarily, as you just described. There's a lot of different hormone issues at play here. One is cortisol related to toxic stress. It can be high, low, a combination of the two. Uh, another hormone that gets out of whack is thyroid. So thyropause mm-hmm. especially affects women about sevenfold more than it affects men. Mm-hmm. And that is a common cause of weight gain and hair loss and many of the things that women face. And then as you described, estrogen and progesterone often get out of whack. That can be related to just the cycling years, the reproductive years, it can also be related to being postpartum. And then perimenopause is when a lot of this becomes a perfect storm of many of these hormones out of whack. Insulin's another important one because so many women notice, especially after 35 or 40, that insulin's just not on their side the way that it once was. They become insulin resistant, which I think of as insulin. It's not on their side, but it goes to their tummy. (laughs) That's right. It goes right to the, not to the side, but it's in the middle. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I think there's a few issues at play. One is the way that our world is changing. It's related to stress. It's related to unrealistic expectations. It's related to overfunctioning and trauma, which we know affects women more than men. Men are still affected, but women more so. It's related to the food that we're eating, the way that our food has changed, which you talked to so brilliantly. And it's, it's also related to the fact that physicians are not taught about this, right? Like I wasn't taught at Harvard Medical School about this. I imagine you weren't either. No. We were taught to hand over a prescription for a birth control pill or maybe hormone replacement therapy yeah, once a woman was exactly. perimenopausal. And that is no solution because it addresses symptoms. It does not address the root cause. Mm. That's right. And functional medicine and the perspective around functional medicine hormones is so rich and developed and allows us to understand one root causes, but also all the variables in our life that impact our hormones. 
and how to regulate and change those to create balance, whether it's adrenal and stress hormones, thyroid hormones, sex hormones, or insulin. And in your book, Food, uh, Women, Food, and Hormones, really helps us to map all that out in a way that gives women a toolkit for how to fix all these problems. That's right. I mean, this was born of me struggling myself with almost every hormone imbalance that you can imagine, mm. and mm. also struggling with my weight. So unlike mm. you, Mark, when I was sitting down and writing that first book, I gained about <laughs> 25 pounds. I've never oh, seen your weight fluctuate very much. I don't know. Is, no, isn't that no. true? <laughs> I have, I go up and down. If, if I, if I go off the reservation, like I was in Italy this summer and I was just eating like bread and pasta and drinking lots of wine and I gained about five pounds in a week. So I, I can put it on if I, if I go off the tracks and, uh, I actually lost weight from being sick, but I know I, my weight couldn't go up and down, but it, mostly it's pretty stable. <laughs> well, it, it sure seems stable. And, you know, we, we know that women have this asymmetric response to, stressors to food, you know, so many of us will gain weight. And there's, you know, there's an evolutionary bias for women to gain weight rather than to lose weight, because it helps us with fertility, it helps us during a pregnancy. Yes. So, you know, for those of us who are trying to fit into the clothes in our closet, that can present some problems. So my own struggle with weight, my own struggle with hormones became really the the basis of the books that I've written. So I'm a case study as well as someone who's really curious about how do we get these hormones into balance, especially with targeted lifestyle changes, starting Mm. first with food. And then how do we, you know, how do we get out of that place of misery around hormone balance? Because the truth is it's so much easier to get your hormones back into balance than to live with the, the discomfort, the misery of them being out of whack. Yeah, it's true. And I think I think um, the beautiful thing about it is that the, the solutions are relatively straightforward, and yet you're not hearing about them. And I think that the suffering around hormones is quite extreme. I mean, it's, it's irregular periods, it's heavy periods, it's PMS, which is a whole range of symptoms from breast tenderness and fluid retention to diarrhea, migraines, fatigue, mood changes, sleep issues that can be quite debilitating. Uh, and they treat it now, they call it PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. They treat it with like a version of Pro- Prozac. Essentially, they change the name of Prozac to some other name, and then they use it for PMS. Uh, that's not the solution. And even with, with postmenopausal symptoms and perimenopausal symptoms, those are often exacerbated by the things that are driving hormonal imbalance. So I'd love for you to talk about what are the things we know that drive hormonal imbalance? And then we'll get to what we do to fix those hormonal imbalances. Because I think we know a lot about whether it's food or lifestyle or environmental toxins, talk about the things that really drive women's hormones out of whack. Well, you got it. I mean, I would say food is one of the primary drivers and that includes not just getting sufficient fat, which is the backbone of the sex hormones that you make. It's also getting the right dose of carbohydrates for you, which is so Mm -hmm. important when it comes to insulin and leptin and some of these other hormones that are involved in fat storage, as well as satiety. So getting the carb dose right, also getting the protein dose right. So dialing in these macronutrients becomes incredibly important. And a big part of what was behind this book was that I was struggling not just with weight gain, but with a loss of metabolic health. And that's something that we know affects about 88% of Americans right now. So 88% of us are metabolically unhealthy. Many of us don't know it. So it's not just about the bathroom scale. It's not about diet culture. 
it's about becoming metabolically healthy. And the Mm -hmm. hormones are such an essential part of that. So as you described, food, stressors, especially toxic stress, you know, I think a lot of us going through the pandemic had an experience of toxic stress. Some people had weight gain associated with that. There's Mm -hmm. the the changes, there's environmental uh, toxins that we get exposed to that are endocrine disruptors. Yeah. There's, you know, the, the root causes are something that many of us encounter. Yeah. The solutions are not what mainstream medicine is really taught to yeah. manage. That's absolutely true. You know, I think when I think about my patients who have all these hormonal dysregulations, you know, the, you know, the sex hormone in particular and insulin, it's even the stress hormones, you know, it's our diet is super high in sugar and starch. You know, so carbohydrates are okay, but where are you getting them from? Are they whole grains? Are they beans? Are they vegetables? Are they fruit or is it flour and sugar? That matters. I think caffeine is another huge one that often adversely affects menstrual issues and hormonal problems. Alcohol is a huge one. I remember reading a study years ago that showed that you know if you're if you were drink if you were drinking alcohol and you're you were taking hormones you, you with Premarin for example you would get toxic levels of hormones in your blood that cause cancer and other problems because of the alcohol. In fact, I think another study I read was you know women drank one glass of wine a day, which is not that much. According to some people, it increases the risk of breast cancer by 40%. That's staggering, and it has to do with how it affects estrogen and hormones. So you've got all that, and then you've got all the crap in food, all the the, the hormones and dairy. That's a big one. Dairy, I think, is a huge one for people. And I, I think a lot of women with hormonal dysregulation get off dairy, and they feel better. And there's 60 different hormones in milk, including growth hormones and and estrogens and progesterones, and <laughs> as not to mention test, uh, not to mention uh, antibiotics. So you've, you've got all these things in our diet pretty typically that cause all these issues. And then, of course, there's all the hormone disruptors that you mentioned, the pesticides, the herbicides, all the plastics, phthalates, PCBs, dioxin, phenom, you know, those are all uh, flame retards. They're in everything and everywhere. And it's hard to get rid of them. So those are all collectively causing problems. And then the stress, obviously, of how stress affects the hormone cascade because stress is one of those hormones that connects everything together. And so you end up with this big kind of lifestyle environmental soup, not to mention the fact that only 8% get enough exercise and sleep is sleep deprivation is massive. You add all these things together and it's no wonder women have so many hormonal dysregulation issues. Well, that, and I would say women are more vulnerable to them. So I think in some ways, especially for women who are still cycling, but also true for women in perimenopause and menopause, that our hormones get out of whack more easily than what we see with men. And we know that from looking at, you know, if you just look at estrogen, which is the master regulator in the female body, the primary regulator, the kind of changes that women experience during the menstrual cycle and then in perimenopause are really steep and they're quite sudden. They're much more abrupt. Then we see with men in testosterone as an example. And I'm so glad you raised alcohol because, you know, I read the same data and I think it's important to realize that the glass of wine that you're having every single night, you're treating something with it. You're treating stress. You're trying to, you know, kind of settle your nervous system. At least that was the case for me and for many of my Mm -hmm. patients. And we know that three servings a week, is associated with an increased risk of breast cancer. Yeah. So as you described it, it creates more of what I think of as the Homer Simpson type of estrogen molecules, <laughs> the ones that we don't want. We want the benevolent type of estrogen molecules, and you're yeah. not going to get that from alcohol. No, it's true. And I, I think, uh, so, so when you begin to look at those things, that's the first place people start with their lifestyle and diet. 
And I think you talk a lot about it in the book. And there's also not, not just what not to eat, but there's what to eat, right? So can you talk a little bit about what are the hormone balancing foods that we should be eating? Well, they're the things that help you with your hormones. So that includes making sure that you're getting healthy fat. So my recommendation for four weeks is to increase your healthy fat so that it's about 60 to 70% of your calories. And you know, 60 to 70. 60 to 70% of your yeah. calories per day. Mm. And this is for a few reasons. We know that uh, fat is the backbone of hormones, the sex hormones, as we described. It also helps with decreasing gastric emptying. So it makes you feel fuller. It helps you with satiety. It's part mm. of this process of nutritional ketosis where you make mm. ketones, you feel more satisfied. Mm. But when you combine that with dialing in your carbohydrates, so what I really like for patients to do, for people who read this book to do, is to get your carbs so that it's it's less than 25 net carbs per day. So That's low. That's it's low. low, but it's it's if you're really eating carbs that are from vegetables and you've got that fiber that comes with the vegetables, especially the mm. cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, mm. radishes. And you've also got those methylating vegetables that help you to inactivate the Homer Simpson type of estrogens. You know, that's what really allows you to get into nutritional ketosis. And mm. that's the protocol that's in the book. And then the yeah. remainder is protein, a moderate protein diet, about 20% of calories from protein. Yeah. That's really quite different than the American diet, which is kind of the opposite, right? It's about 60 to 7% carbohydrates that are mostly starchy, refined, processed foods, and about 20% protein or maybe 20% um, uh, 20% uh, fat. So that's that's a big shift. Um, and I think it, it creates a lot of changes for people. Not only will they lose weight, but they have mental clarity, more energy, they'll build muscle, they lose body fat, uh, they'll build bone density, they'll reduce inflammation, everything gets better, right? And it's it's... Yeah. I mean, the sad diet gave me prediabetes. It just, it, it doesn't work in terms of metabolic health. And so, you know, the work I do is precision medicine. I think it's important for us to be thinking in terms of how to personalize diet. So nutritional ketosis is not for everyone, but for people to try it for four weeks to see how sated they feel when they're producing ketones, mm -hmm. where they've got that mental acuity, from this particular set of macronutrients, and then to see the metabolic flexibility that it creates so that you can flip back and forth based on the type of fuel available between burning mm. glucose or carbs and burning fat, depending on what you're eating, what's available. That's what really works for people. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Mark. Are you feeling stumped on a healthy, sustainable gift for this year? Or just looking for something unique? Well, why not give a gift that will help the people you love poop better? You heard me right. That's it. By now, you probably know that I'm all about the Toshibi Day. It might sound weird, but think about how much cleaner you get using water than using dry paper. And it's actually easier than ever to get and use a bidet in your own house with the Toshibi Day attachment. I love mine. And I'm pretty kind of not so handy. And I was able to insult my health in under eight minutes, making my bathroom routine cleaner and more comfortable. The Toshibi Day easily attaches to your current toilet and hooks up to the fresh water supply behind it. No plumbing and no electricity needed. And if you want an even more exciting bathroom experience, check out the new Tushy Ace. Tushy's brand new electric bidet seat has an automatic self-cleaning nozzle, a heated seat, temperature control water, and air dryer. Wow. <laughs> the coolest part might be that it's all operated by a sleek remote. 
Lots of Americans aren't familiar with bidets, but washing more and wiping less reduces the bacteria that causes painful hemorrhoids, yeast infections, bladder infections, and that means more comfortable bathroom visits for new moms and people with bowel issues like Crohn's or IBS. It's actually a super thoughtful gift. Tushy bidets also save trees that are killed for pulp production of toilet paper. This means you save money by buying 80% less toilet paper since you just need a few squares to pat dry. The Tushy Bidet will be used long after the holidays are over, and you might be surprised how much your loved ones love it. So visit hellotushy.com slash hymen to save 10% off any purchase site-wide, including the new Tushy Ace. That's hellotushy, H-E-L-L-O-T-U-S-H-Y dot com slash hymen. Now let's get back to this week's episode of The Doctor's Pharmacy. Can you talk about this idea of metabolic flexibility? Because I think it's fascinating, and I think it's something we really don't talk much about. Yeah, metabolic flexibility, I think of like a hybrid car. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of my first hybrids was a Prius. And you could flip back and forth between burning gas or burning electricity. Yeah. And the body is very similar. You can either burn carbs, which I think of like gas, or you can use the electricity pathway, which is burning fat. And so, of course, the fat is more renewable. We've got more of it. And so it's... What's important for folks to realize is that you want to toggle the switch back and forth, depending on the type of fuel that you have. So, you know, for me this morning, as an example, I haven't had any food yet and I'm burning fat. So I've got ketones. I feel satisfied. I don't feel hungry. I've got mental acuity. I'm able to focus. And that's hardwired into our DNA. Mm -hmm. Now, if I, when I was eating more carbs, What I found was that I was hungry when I first woke up in the morning. I had more sugar Mm. cravings. Mm -hmm. My insulin was out of whack. It was too high. I was Mm -hmm. stuck in fat storage mode. It just didn't work very well in terms of, you know, trying to live the deep life that I want to live. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so you get all out of balance. And, and, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, the, the sort of, we talked about a little bit, but the cocktail of hormones that go awry in women's 40s and early 50s is, it's really not well recognized. And that is the sort of the, this, the soup of hormones that get out of balance, including stress hormones, cortisol, the sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, and all the other hormones related to sex hormones, thyroid and insulin. And so th- that, that is a, those are very subtle things to play with in a body. And, and yet they respond really well to lifestyle, to the right supplements, to fixing your microbiome, to just tweaking everything, reducing toxins, detoxifying. I, I think one of the things you talked about earlier was really important, which is there, there are certain foods which we know help with hormonal regulation and balance. One of them is the brassica family of cruciferous vegetables. You mentioned that, but I don't want to sort of gloss over it. It's really important. I think women should probably have a cup or two a day of broccoli, collards, kale, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, that whole cocktail of vegetables because of, of the compounds, the phytochemicals they contain that help regulate estrogen metabolism and, and, and sort of de-risk your estrogen from being a carcinogenic type of estrogen to a, a more healing, beneficial type of estrogen. And, and I think also the same thing is true around you know, insulin and blood sugar. When you start to sort of get into the trouble with that, you've got to really do what you're saying is shift your diet towards more good fats and less, less starchy carbs. So we, we kind of know that if we, we kind of work on all these things, that the, actually women can really, really get rid of these symptoms. You can. And, you know, I think there's a few interesting areas related to this topic. One is that I was taught when I went through my training that the symptoms women start to experience after 40, you know, the difficulties sleeping, the night sweats, the hot flashes, 
that those are these inconveniences that could be medicated with hormone therapy in the right candidates. But now what we're actually learning is that many of those symptoms are biomarkers of something much more serious, which is dysfunction of blood vessels, endothelial dysfunction. It's a biomarker Mm -hmm. associated with bone loss. And so it becomes much more important, I believe, to get these hormones back into balance, starting first with diet and lifestyle. Another piece that's really essential is that having large blood sugar excursions, which was my story until I figured this out in the book, that can trigger hot flashes, night sweats, mood swings, many panic attacks, many of the things that women are starting to experience in their 40s. So the more we can dial in that metabolic health piece, along with balancing these sex hormones, the better off women are. It's yeah, it's so it's so huge, and I think we really just coming to understand that that um, these are not normal things. These are not, they shouldn't be normalized that women right. are aren't just sort of relegated to being quote hysterical, which is the I hate that word. It's like it basically comes from hy- hysteria, which is u- the uterus, right? Hysterectomy and hysteria are not unrelated. <laughs> and, I, and just, I hate it too. I mean, I oh love. Oh my god, it's terrible. It. You talk about how we don't want to normalize this. And, you know, what it reminds me of is that analogy of the the frogs in the pot on the stove, where you, you very slowly turn up the heat and the, the frog doesn't jump out because it's so yeah. slow and imperceptible. And so I don't want women to just sit back and say, oh, my doctor checked my labs and said, I'm just getting older. Like, don't settle yeah. for that. Don't be dismissed. Yeah. There's so much misunderstanding about this. And so it it takes us taking our health in our own hands and saying, okay, I, this is not how I want to live my life after 40. I want to change things. Definitely not. And I think the things that we, you know, we, we, we also talk about in terms of, uh, of how to change things in terms of diet. So there's, there's questions that people have about soy foods and I think about flaxseed and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, soy is bad for you. It's going to cause hormonal dysfunction and it's an estrogen. What, what's your take on that? Cause I think there's a lot of controversy about that. There is a lot of controversy. I think the problem is with uh, GMO soy. So mm. I think that, you know, you can go overboard with even whole foods. My general feeling is that some of the benefits associated with soy, with phytoestrogens like flax, outweigh the potential risks of them. I mean, you have to be cautious about getting the dose right. But for the most part, I think having whole soy in your diet once or twice a week, having whole flax in your diet a couple times a week is very healthy for you. It's not really the whole foods that we're having a problem with in yeah. our in the yeah. US. It's it's those processed foods, the ultra processed foods, the foods that are genetically modified, those are the ones that are causing problems with hormones, not really the whole foods. Same thing with goitrogens. You know, I always get asked about, well, what about the brassica family? Is that going to slow down my thyroid? So you lightly cook them. That reduces the goitrogenic effect. I've looked at the data. I've been underwhelmed by the data really showing a significant impact on thyroid function. You get so many benefits from eating these foods that I think, once again, the benefits outweigh the risks. It's so true. I, I think people like, and I, what cracks me up is a lot of doctors who treat cancer patients, breast cancer patients will say essentially that they shouldn't uh, eat soy food because they're worried about cancer. And yet they say that it's okay to drink alcohol and to eat sugar. And 
<laughs> and to have them sure if you're losing weight, have yeah, them sure. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it's crazy. It's really crazy. So I think, I think uh, what you're saying is important. I want to come back to the glucose thing because you mentioned the changes in blood sugar and glucose that also affect hormones. And we know, for example, in men who eat a lot of sugar and starch, they tend to get more estrogens. They tend to get breast uh, enlargement or, you know, man boobs. They get lose the hair on their body. They get big bellies. They, they get soft skin. And it's because the fat produces estrogen. And the fat is laid down because of high insulin. And so you discovered a lot by using the continuous glucose monitor, which is really a kind of a new advance in actually personalizing medicine, what you call precision medicine. And and you, you know, you are an advisor level, so am I, in terms of a, this, this company that is really driving the, the space around uh, looking at our own blood sugars in real time and how different foods affect it and how we can modify our diet to actually keep our sugars in balance. So what did you learn from doing it yourself and why is it so important for, for estrogen and hormone balance in general? I'm a huge fan of continuous glucose monitoring. You know, the, the great thing is that you don't have to have a continuous glucose monitor to benefit from monitoring your glucose. You could also use just a $25 glucose meter to get some of the same data. It's not quite as dense or comprehensive. Mm -hmm. But I had mm -hmm. a lot of surprises. I started wearing a continuous glucose monitor about four years mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. And at the time I had prediabetes, my fasting glucose was about 105 to 110. Wow. Wow. And what I discovered was that many of the foods that I thought were healthy were giving me these massive excursions with glucose. Things like beans, chickpeas, legumes, sweet potatoes, apples, a wow. lot of apples, fruits apples. were just making me spike so high. Grapes, peaches. Yeah. So yeah. what I had to do to, to reclaim metabolic health was to really dial in my food plan and to avoid some of those foods that were spiking me to the diabetic range. And I found that that really helped. So a big part of what I learned as I dove into the literature for this book was that you've got a, a few choices for metabolic health. One is to go 100% plant-based, and there's a lot of evidence behind that. And what I discovered myself was that being 100% plant-based was not the best fit for me. I started to lose mm -hmm. muscle mass. I, I'm someone, I'm Jewish, I'm hungry all the time. And so 100% plant-based just didn't work very well for me. <laughs> when you're eating the way you're now you're still jewish and you're not hungry all the time so i'm not sure that logic flows dr godfrey <laughs> well i have to say keto saved me so going on a ketogenic <laughs> diet made my blood sugar go from severely spiky which you don't want to a lovely flat line where Amazing. my mood is more stable i don't have anxiety anymore i've got this feeling mm -hmm. of like Oh, like the angels are singing because mm -hmm. I can focus. I don't have this jacked up glucose every day. So, you know, 100% plant-based or a ketogenic diet, that's what I found in the, in the literature to be the most evidence-based way to reclaim metabolic health. But you know, often our vegan patients start to change their hormonal pattern. They stop menstruating. They, they, they have all do. sorts of issues. So how do you sort of explain that? Well, what I see with a lot of uh, folks who are vegan or 100% plant-based is that they don't often get sufficient fat. So fat is so important. We talked about how it's it's making the backbone of your sex hormones. Your body goes from pregnenolone, mm -hmm. cholesterol to pregnenolone, the mother hormone of all your sex hormones. Mm -hmm. That then goes on to make uh, a few other hormones that are so important for your health. And so what I see with a lot of vegans is that 
they're not getting sufficient fat. They're not getting the extra virgin olive oil, the avocado oil, the nuts, the seeds that mm-hmm. they, they really need. Sometimes they're eating too much processed food because we yeah. know there's a lot of vegan processed food that you think might be healthy, but it's not necessarily. Oh yeah. So I, I think that's a really important piece to understand. And the great thing here is that you can personalize. You know, you can use devices, wearables like continuous glucose monitoring or using a glucose meter to see what sort of food is the best fit for you. You know, what I discovered was that nutritional ketosis or ketogenic diet adapted for women. So with sufficient carbohydrates to keep my thyroid working, to make enough serotonin, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to avoid uh, raising my reverse T3, to help me with uh, not uh, raising cortisol too excessively. That's what worked really well for me Hmm. and for hundreds of patients who followed after my protocol. Hmm. Now now you mentioned, you know, muscle mass as being key. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about that in relates to hormones and particularly sex hormones for men and women and also cortisol and growth hormone, which insulin, which are all affected by your muscle, which people don't think of as important. I mean, people like, I'm going to you know, get my heart healthy, my brain healthy and get my joints healthy, but no one's like muscle. (laughs) <laughs> but muscle is actually the currency of health. Muscle is the currency of health. You know, I, I think I was taught a model that was very disease centered, not mm. health centered. Mm. And, you know, the work that you and I do, I think, is turning the ship so that we can be more health centered. And a big part of being mm-hmm. health centered is to make sure that you preserve your muscle mass as you get older. So we know that maintaining your muscle mass, maybe even growing it as you get older is one of the most essential markers of health span, that period of time that you feel fantastic and relatively free of disease. So one of the things that I found when I was on 100% plant-based diet was that I was losing muscle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, I had a high stress life. I think cortisol was part of the story. So high cortisol can be associated with breakdown of muscle. But the other thing to think of with insulin and with blood glucose is that the math comes out to what are your inputs? So what are you eating? But also, how are you disposing of that glucose? And that's where the muscles become so important. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's interesting because muscle is really where your metabolism is. It's all your mitochondria. And as muscle goes down, your insulin goes up, your blood sugar goes up, your blood pressure goes up, your cholesterol goes up, your, you know, sex hormones go down for for, uh, in terms of testosterone for men, growth hormone goes down, cortisol goes up. So you get this whole soup of hormonal change that is characteristic of rapid aging. Yes. Sarcopenia. And, yeah. So I, I think it's, you know, I, I've come to really appreciate it more. And I, and I always talked about exercise and strength training, but I was kind of lazy and I never did it. <laughs> Well, I, I like being outside. School, to put in the time, I have to say. Well, even even after, I mean, even after, I I like yoga, I like tennis, I like biking, I, I do other stuff, and I was pretty good cardio. I might have them right, and yeah, yoga's good, but I actually it wasn't, and I and I actually uh, started doing strength training about a year and a bit ago, and my body has completely changed. I'm going to be 62 shortly, and I just. It's amazing to see what happens when you start to actually use your muscles as they were intended to be used. And unfortunately, we have to do strength training now because we're not living lives where we're actually active and carrying shit and moving stuff around and actually using our bodies. So we have to do it. But it's just amazing. It's made me feel better, more energy. It's helped my metabolism. It's helped my 
my whole way of moving through space and life and the ability to do stuff and have fun. So I don't find myself declining at all. I find the opposite is happening. And, you know, I'm planning on going skiing, helicopter skiing, which is obviously a big luxury, but I, I, I've been dreaming about it my whole life and I'm always terrified. What can I do it? Am I strong enough? And now I'm like, oh, I can do anything, you know, which is pretty amazing. Well, that's such an inspiring message because the truth is it's never too late to change the way that you move. And what you've done with, with strength training, you know, what I imagine is that you probably have increased your muscle mass, your lean body mass, and mm-hmm. that's associated with slowing down the biological clock. So it's so good for you. It's, you know, I think of it in the service of that means you can like dance with your great grandchildren at their wedding. You know, that's one there of the go. things I hope for myself. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, that- and to do those things that, you've always sort of thought about doing like the helicopter skiing. I mean, how fantastic to live your life in that way, not um, sort of signing up for this slow decline that we see in so many folks. We know after age 40 that most of us are gaining five pounds of fat and losing five pounds of muscle unless you're doing something active like strength training. So what I talk about in the book is to do about two thirds of strength training, about one third cardio. I think that combination is probably the most proven when it comes to cardio metabolic health. So true. No, so Sarah, your your book is so important at this time because you know I think more than ever we're seeing this epidemic of hormonal dysfunction, including insulin, blood sugar, uh, as well as the sex hormones, cortisol, thyroid hormones, and you talk about it so well in your book. Uh, and just you cover so many things we wish we had more time to talk about, including the tests you need to do to look at hormonal imbalances, which are quite different than what you get from your regular doctor, the supplements you should take, and and why we need to think about things like intermittent fasting and our microbiome and many, many other things. So the book is really a treasure trove of wisdom and knowledge that you've gained not only on your own body, but working with thousands of patients and reading the science and putting it all together in a really digestible form. Uh, so the book, everybody, is called Food, Women, Food, and Hormones, a four-week plan to achieve hormonal balance, lose weight, and feel like yourself again. You can get it anywhere you get books. It's out now. If you're interested more in Dr. Godfrey's practice, Dr. Godfrey's precision medicine practice, go to Marcus Institute, that's M-U-R-C-U-S Institute dot JeffersonHealth.org. Uh, you can use the hashtag if you post from this called hashtag women food hormones. That'd be great for her. And <laughs> I really would love for you to share your stories about how you've regulated your hormones through lifestyle and food. Wherever you struggle with hormonal imbalance, tell us what you've learned about yourself. We'd love to learn. Leave a comment about that. Uh, subscribe where you get your podcasts. Uh, share with your friends and family because I bet you there's a lot of people who are listening who have friends and family who are also suffering needlessly. And I think we all need to actually think about how we can, can collectively help each other. Uh, and you should subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And we'll see you next week on The Doctor's Pharmacy. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Hyman. Thanks for tuning into The Doctor's Pharmacy. I hope you're loving this podcast. It's one of my favorite things to do and introducing you to all the experts that I know and I love and that I've learned so much from. And I want to tell you about something else I'm doing, which is called Mark's Picks. It's my weekly newsletter. And in it, I share my favorite stuff from foods to supplements to gadgets to tools to enhance your health. It's all the cool stuff that I use and that my team uses to optimize and enhance our health. And I'd love you to sign up for the weekly newsletter. I'll only send it to you once a week on Fridays. Nothing else, I promise. And all you have to do is go to drhyman.com 
forward slash picks to sign up. That's drhyman.com forward slash picks, P-I-C-K-S, and sign up for the newsletter, and I'll share with you my favorite stuff that I use to enhance my health and get healthier and better and live younger, longer. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional medicine practitioner, you can visit ifm.org and search their Find a Practitioner database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, who's a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.